We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to the corner. We are coming at you from Wet Republic at the MGM Grand UFC 189 weekend, International Fight Week. Everything is here right now. So get ready for an hour of wrestling, boxing, and MMA talk. I'm Kel Dansby, back from vacation. And I'm Andreas Hale, done with moving. This week, we're talking about Keith Thurman. Obviously, we're talking about UFC 189. We got WWE Battleground coming up. New Japan Pro Wrestling to cover. And we got to talk about Tyga's lady issues. Lady? Is that what lady, we call them? quotations. Lady issues. But first, let's talk about Meek Mill debuting at number one. And the beef, really quasi-beef with Joe Budden. That, that's kind of what it is. And yeah, first of all, we're at the pool here at the MGM. If y'all don't know what Web Republic is, so we're looking at a bunch of people right now. Uh, it's UFC Fight Week. Um, there's people with shirts on that shouldn't have their shirts on. There's people with too many clothes on, like us. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, yeah, man, Meek I, Mill, number one I didn't one get out. a drink. Hold on. There's a bar right there, Yeah, there's a bar, too. I need to get a slushy joint. Your man, Meek Mill, number one. It's over 200,000 sold. Shout That's, out to the Barbs. The I, Barbs did it, right? I, you know what? People got uh, Meek got a loyal fan base. People love Meek Mill. 250,000 worth? About 189, and the rest were all Barbs. That's what I'm thinking. Yo, that's crazy. It, The numbers are weird to me because you look at Apple Music dropping. Right. You look at Tidal making that quick push. You still got Spotify. So now there's three different outlets to stream music. And you're right. telling me sales are going up? Well, album sales aren't going up. People aren't buying the albums. They're streaming. So, I mean. 250. Hey, people around, like Meek Mill. Meek Mill's got no a lot of No one likes Meek Mill like no, that. It's, it's true. Have you ever been to a Meek Mill show? 
I've been in a Meek Mill. I like Meek Mill shows. He's screaming. It's loud. He drops the he's, intro. He's the angry little kid. Yo, That's great. what he is. I ain't buying the album. Uh, other people it. are. People like Meek Mill. Like, Meek Mill is what Rick Ross is supposed to be. Like, Meek Mill is the guy from the streets. So people like Meek Mill, and they like what he represents. I think he's a little kid yelling at me all the time. Like, a little angry kid from, like, Belly that yells at me all the time. But people like him, so shout out to him. Yeah, I, the, the numbers were crazy. I mean, no better time, I guess, for that than to have a beef alongside that. I mean, you know what? Even the, before the we beef say, came a little after, but it helps. It's it, Nobody cares. Like, the beef is one of those it, things, like, it doesn't help his album sales whatsoever. Nobody cares. It's not that serious. I mean, now, no, it, it helped Joe Budden's podcast more than it helped Meek yeah, Mill's albums. They want to hear what Joe had to say. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, and it Joe, wasn't even that crazy of a statement. Nah. They say wilder shit on that podcast. We say wild shit here. Yeah, it's, it's so, nothing new. Nothing. But, you know, blogs posted. They took the joint. Of course. And as soon as it popped off, I was like, let's go. Drop a diss track right now. Well, I think it's coming now. After after Meek went on, was it Breakfast Club? Yeah. And he said what he had to say about calling Joe corny. I think Joe hates nothing more than to be called corny. And to say that somebody like Meek Mill's got bars for him, I mean, Joe went on and called him Ken today. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Ken to, to Nicki Minaj's Barbie. So <laughs> I anticipate Joe to say something and... As much as people like me, he don't want it with Joe. Nah, anything to get Joe rapping again, I'm in yeah, favor for. Of like, course. Whatever, he, he's doing more reality TV, he's doing a podcast. Yo, get back in the booth. Well, you know, Sword House album's coming, and his No Love Loss, I think that's what it's called. His, that album's All Love too. Loss. All Love Loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah dropping. So that'd be, I'm, I'm with it. That time. And I need a beef track. It's been a while in hip hop since I had a good beef track. And it's, it's missing. And Meek, Meek can do that. Meek can battle, Meek. You know, he, he has that in him. He doesn't he can't go bar for bar lyrically with Joe. He can't go bar for bar with Nikki. Well, no, of course not. I mean Nikki's <laughs> Nikki's a beast. Hey, hey, he's the second best rapper in that relationship. That's crazy. She can wear the pants on that one. But yeah. he sold two hundred and fifty, so you can't tell him nothing right now. No, I mean he sold more than Nikki. That's crazy. He sold more than Nikki. Like Nikki was overkill. We had so much Nikki promo that people were tired of hearing about Nikki Minaj so when the album dropped, it was like so Meek was a little bit different. He was he, the man was incarcerated for five months. Meek's now in those like the five rapper bracket now. Of I guess I call them young rappers, but they're not. They've been around forever. But it's like him, Wale, J Cole, Kendrick. Yeah. When they drop now, now people are just gonna rush and buy their stuff. Now we yeah. just have to anticipate three hundred thou. Yeah, the people when they for drop. That. And like I said, the album, I heard the album. It's not bad. You know. It's, like Meek Mill's not my favorite rapper in the world, but like the intros dope. The intros dope. He hasn't missed on the intro yet. Nah, I mean he's got his joint with Future. I'm not a Future fan, but I can I can see what people like about it. The Future Hive is gonna come get you. This is like three episodes they can, in a row. They can Future come, Hive is coming for you. We can battle in the Octagon. There's one in, in the MGM Grand this weekend with Conor McGregor's fighting. We can jump in there and I'll give it to a couple of y'all. It's, it's fine by me. You would touch on a Slaughterhouse album, and now we're touching on you know talking about Wale a little bit and, and Meek with MMG. Hot 97 posted the tweet, like, yo, who would win in a battle, crew for crew, Slaughterhouse or MMG? And I was like, what? Like, come on. What? Who who in MMG can hold anybody's jackstrap in Slaughterhouse lyrically? The worst person in Slaughterhouse is better than everyone combined in MMG. And who is even the worst? Like, if you had to say. Are we starting? Oh, God. The worst in Slaughterhouse. This is tough. Exactly. People are going to crush me. But Joel is the worst in Slaughterhouse. And it's like, and what and does that that's mean? that's not even a knock on Joel. I mean, he's better than 90% of everyone else out there. Exactly. It's just, 
it's really personal opinion. Joel is dope, but I can't put him over Crooked, who is just talent-wise one of the best spitters straight off the dome. Severely underrated. Yo, just the way he puts words together, and he just rhymes out of pocket so often. It's so beautiful. He, he doesn't even need a beat. King Crook. Um, so Crook is third, Joey second, Royce first. Hey, I'm not even going to put him in order. Royce, <laughs> Royce is my man. I've been a Royce fan since Bad Meets Evil, back to the game recordings, you know, years ago when Death he was with certain, him. still the best, one of the best albums I've ever heard. So it's like, what are you going to do, put uh, Rick Ross against Nickel? Like, is that uh, what we doing here? Like, I mean, Wale and Joey, they're kind of the sensitive ones, so they got to go against each so other. So we have an emo track. Yeah. Emo beef. And uh, Wale loses that one automatically. Joey put Wale on. On the Tito Santana track right. before Wale was anybody. So uh, Joey wins that. No one can out-emo Joey. If there's no. one thing he can do, no one's going to out-emo Joey. Sadness and depression or Joe he got Forte. It. He got it. And girl tracks, like you hate your ex-girl or you break up with someone, Joey got you. Yeah, he's There's a million of them. Throw on Dear Diary. Throw, throw on... You know, Black Cloud. He, yeah, he got you yo, covered. Yo, Hot 97 wasted their time posting that. That was so disrespectful. So like, crazy. Don't do that to MMG at all. Leave it alone. But it leads us to our pound for pound list for this week. Best hip-hop diss tracks ever. And we only got five slots. So this is this is rough. And I won't even have to say, like, diss tracks. Just, you know, beefs. You can go just beefs in general instead of tracks. So we don't got to break them down. What is your top five? I... Want me to go first? I always go first. You like to go first, so go ahead. I'll go first. So we have LL Cannabis, five. Mm. We have, ooh, four. I'll go Jay-Z, Cameron, which produced my favorite diss track ever, the Cameron joint to Jay-Z, when he said Kenny New York can't be wearing chancletas and be 40 years old. Love that diss track. And Max B kills the hook. Uh, third, Royce versus D12. Royce versus Proof specifically. Rest in peace. Then we have second. Ooh. Second is tough. Second, I'll say I'll go Boogie Down Productions versus the whole Queens crew. <laughs> Shan and Kara. Yeah, okay. Shan, everybody. Great. And then first, Jay-Z Nas. Jay Z wins that, by the way. All I agree. Jay Z wins that, and everybody's gonna be. Everybody's been yelling at me for years. So they know I love Nas, but Jay Z just gave him facts. He yeah. gave him all facts on Takeover, and it was a verse. Not even. Oh my God. This Nas was just basically on some. You know, ah, oh, you ugly. When he said he came through on his baby mama's Jeep, like yeah. when he dropped that track, it was just too much. It's just me too and much. AI got b- more in common. And just balling and rhyming, get yeah. it more. Com- oh my Jay's god, Jay's the king of subliminals. Like, oh my god, you can't run from him. That's it. But That's it. for me, it's like it's diss track. So number my favorite diss track of all time was No Vaseline, Ice Cube versus N.W.A. <laughs> because at that time when Cube left N.W.A., people were wondering how Cube could stand up on his own, and people didn't know that Cube masterminded ninety percent of what N.W.A. did between him and D.O.C. So when No Vaseline came out, amazing track, diss the shit out of him. Too bad. Sorry, N.W.A. Changed everything forever. Um, my second favorite track, this track of all time, was the Bitching You Common. Up okay. against Q. Westside Connection. <laughs> Yo, everybody forgot Common was some kind of animal. He's from the shot. So when he came out and, and, and caught, had the Dissing You track, I mean the Bitching You track, sorry, Q. You were the king of the diss until you got murdered by that. Um, I love second round knockout. Cannabis. Cannabis, yeah. that's. And put it on my list because of that. I it, mean... 
like okay, we can all say LL won this, whatever. If you really want to, but the cannabis had the harder track. Yeah, easy. like by far. And, and LL kind of took the bitch way out, like four three two one, jumping on late to this can. It was just kind of weak. But the bitch in you was amazing. Um, what am I missing here? Oh, Four takeover, five. takeover. Uh, yeah, Jay coming at Nas over the door sample the Kanye produced that. And that was just menacing. There's nothing you could do about that one. It's just too too tough. And five or it could be one, whatever you want to put. The bridge is over. I mean, when the bridge is over, drop. You know, I was a kid, so I didn't really understand until I got over older, and it was like okay, crushed them. Yeah, that's like, being from the Bronx, like. They played that at every barbecue every summer. Just because you know, like, yeah. it's like, yo, anyone came through from Queens, you throw on that track. Just shut them down. Yeah, and they I mean. feel it salty. This other honorable mentions, uh, Easy e when he went out at, at Dre. Uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, I mean, more video. The video was dope. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many diss tracks that were amazing. But I mean, those are the five Ether's not even on the top five. Ether's not you. on my top five. Like I said, it wasn't facts to me. And everything Nas said was like an angry kid who just got his mom dissed in the schoolyard and had to come back. Yo, Nas is dope. I Nas just is the bridge is over was dope. Um, you know, crushing Mob Deep and everyone else. Mob Deep has been on the bad end of a lot of beats. Yeah, they get punched Mar- in the face prodigy, lyrically mostly. a lot. Because yeah. Yeah. it's so little. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Have you seen these guys in person? They're tiny. Um... Man, diss track wise, yeah, Fifty getting that Ja Rule. That he's produced some of the best diss tracks out there. Yeah, uh, the joint from the first album was incredible. The diss track towards Ja Rule. There's there's a lot of stuff that we can list. It's hard to put it down to five. That's the problem. It really is. When you're dropping it to five, it gets rough. I'd even mention the Beanie Siegel to Jada kiss diss. Yeah, that, that was, was bananas, too. and Jada going back at that. So. We need to bring beefs back because we didn't mention anything within the past, like, 10 years. Because nobody, it, like, you know what the new diss has become? The diss track has become Twitter. Twitter is the new diss track. I'm surprised you didn't say Control. Oh, uh, well, see, I didn't really take Control as a I diss did, track. I didn't take it as a diss track either. One, it's one verse. I, I think he challenged everyone. It's not a specific diss track. Yeah. He challenged the state of hip-hop, Yeah, Kendrick said, you know what, you, this throne is left over. I'm about to sit my ass in, and I dare one of you motherfuckers to take it. So yeah. I never, didn't see it as a diss track. It's just proclaiming my royalty over this thing since none of y'all going to do the same. Yeah. Especially you, you New York. New York, he kind of took all y'all down with that. Yeah, it was, it was ugly. I mean, we didn't have anybody at that point to respond. No, I was just like, yo, <laughs> Like we can't. We gonna call it Troy Adams? Yeah, like, we're, 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 we're throwing nobody out there. ASAP didn't. He doesn't beef. He does fashion. So yeah. we don't. We don't got nobody right now. So Kendrick can have that one. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. So just seeing beefs and how they they evolve and now not having any beefs. You know, Drake didn't go at Pusha T, which would have been a great beef. Uh, we, we just see these go by the wayside. So hopefully we get a Meek versus Joe Budden hip hop beef. Yeah, it just be terribly one sided though. I don't. I don't like. I'm sorry, Meek, but you're going to have to call Nikki to help you write your verse. The real beef in hip-hop, then, because that was a pseudo-beef. The real True. beef is Tiger versus his transsexual side chick. He, listen, listen. Yo, this this is me sucking my teeth years. right now. I, I don't. <laughs> dog, why are we still talking about Tiger? Yo, he's on our show every week. Like He's the most relevant person in hip-hop if you... Believe it or not, and nobody cares. He he's, went, the mo- he's the most relevant person that nobody cares about. Let me let me list out his his year of accomplishments. <laughs> accolades, yeah. Tiger, Tiger's accolades this year included knocking up, or he had a baby with a stripper. He then left said stripper for an underaged woman, rich at that, 
that underage woman then had a bunch no, of plastic she ain't rich. surgery. Wait, let's just be clear. Kylie Jenner's not rich. Her parents are rich because they still control the money because she's underage. She's still a minor. Semantics. She just bought a crib. Hey, I'm just saying. She bought a crib I could never afford for like I'm, four million. I'm just saying. Like when you're underage, you don't really control your finances like that. So yeah. Tiger gets her. She gets a bunch of plastic surgery. He thinks he's winning in life, and then now he ups the ante by getting outed by a long-term tranny side chick because she had text messages from Tiger 2011 through Tiger 2014. So this chick precedes Black China and everything. She's like. Tiger's main bay. That's horrible. Guy bay? I, I don't know where she fits in. She's a guy. She's a chick. I, Whatever she I is, I don't clarify. even know if she's know. completed the transformation. I don't That's know if she. That's the question. Did she start the transformation with Tiger? What is he into? Like, does he want her to have both sets of equipment? Yo, he's into everything that's wrong. Like, underage women, strippers, like, Tiger. Yo, yo, he doesn't want any wholesome chicks. Yo, he, you got a master's degree? You a lawyer? Nah. This guy is success is guilty by association. Like his entire career is guilty by association, because his talent speaks to nobody. No, I've never heard anybody say, you know what, Tiger is an amazing rapper, and y'all need to leave him alone. Nobody ever says that. Nah. And why would you? He's garbage. He wears tiger striped pants in music videos. I just wish people stopped talking about. It. I just want him to go away. He's not gonna go away. He literally this tranny joint. And another level, the tranny had the nudes. Yeah, like, like come on, why are you sending nudes to she doesn't need to see nudes. And he called the feds to do an investigation. Like Tiger's so upset about he got his the feds on speed dial? I guess. Yeah. You know? It's like, hey, I'm, I'm Kylie's man. Yeah, like my penis is, is out he in the saying public. She stole his nudes because it looks like those were sent willingly. You know Tiger sent man. He's Who so just desperate. Sends nudes he's so like desperate that. for success. He's desperate. Like he's his, he is the definition of thirsty. Public service announcement: Once you have made over a million dollars, there's no reason to ever send nudes again. Has he made a million dollars? He had to made a million dollars. Doing what? He's had like four chart topping singles. Does right? that mean he made the money? Come on, we he know he went on industry. tour. Does that mean he made a bunch yeah. of money going on tour? He got a million, a million dollars right now. He just went on tour with Chris Brown and Trey Songs. So you think he's got a million dollars? You think Tiger has a million in his yep. bank account right now? Right now, he has a million dollars. None of that's Kylie's money. Listen, I don't care where it comes from. <laughs> I'm not asking where it comes from. He got a million dollars right now. Yo, like right. It's like 10000 his, uh, 900000 on loan from Chris Brown. And Chris Brown gifted him with that album that they did together. He gifted, And that shit bricked. Yeah, they had that one single. They oh, just got paid off single money and yeah, touring. Deuces. That's it. That's it. When he that's was on it. Deuces, I was like, oh, hey, look, Tiger's on Deuces. They must be friends because there's no reason he should that's be on that it. shit. That's it. So Rack Chris City? Brown blessed him with that. He'll go on tour again. He he has a mill right now, and he's tricking it on the tranny side chick, an underage chick, and still breaking off the stripper with half the dough. Yo, name me three Tiger songs. Lime in the Coconut. That's the first one I always go to. Uh... You have exactly shit. The one with the mustard beat. What was the mustard exactly. beat? Rack City. Rack City. There you go. And that's it. That's all I got. Rack I have, City. That's live all I've coconut. ever had. He did something else. I'm sure of it. Well, he was I on the Young care. Money joint when he had the tiger stripe pants. I'm talking about his own songs. No, he doesn't got his own songs, man. Let him live. No. Oh, he had Molly. Right. He had the Molly song. You see my and face. You want to find Molly? That that was y'all nice can't see like my face, but I don't care. That was all right for three months in the clubs when Molly was, like, popping in the hip-hop community. This is not. This made me not want to talk about fighting anymore because Tiger's so wack, he's depressing <laughs> me. Can you we just talk about fight, fighting beef? You just want to fight Tiger at this point. Yeah. All right. Much. So, real quick, we'll talk about fighting. 
before we actually bring a guest on. So let's talk about fighting. Uh, we're trying to pull a guest. We're at the MGM. Someone's going to come down. Of we'll course. see who the hell walks by here. It's the pool. Everyone wants to be at Red with the public. So UFC 189. This weekend. In this very location right inside. And we have Conor McGregor, Chad Mendez. We really haven't been able to go in depth with it. No, uh, we've been talking about a lot of the stuff. We're actually dropping in a depth special edition of the podcast, YouTube only. We're turning our YouTube and like to a mini WWE network. Yeah, so, exclusives. Yes, we're going to do exclusive stuff like NXT for our hardcore fans who just want to hear like special clips about UFC, wrestling, all that stuff. We'll drop stuff, previews, reviews, little videos of us on our YouTube page. So make sure you guys check that out, The Corner Podcast. Just look it up on YouTube. We're there. So we'll be dropping one of those on Friday, early Saturday. But right now, Conor McGregor, Chad Mendez, interim title. Where do you stand on the interim title even being there? Do you think it's disrespectful to Aldo and how everything went down? Um, it's, it's one of those situations where Conor's wanted this fight for so bad, so bad for so long that to not make it an interim title fight and to keep him as a headliner wouldn't make sense. So I think the UFC had to make a decision because Aldo's so often injured and something always happens, is to make an interim title, to make it interesting. It really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. No, because Aldo's going to come belt. back yeah. in three back months. In like two months. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Dominic Cruz when he was out. It's not like Kane when he was out. We're talking about a guy who's, who's two weeks before the fight got hurt and last fall in October. He hasn't even been out for a year yet. So it just sounds good. And it's like, all right, we're going to keep McGregor as a headline against Chad Mendes fighting for something that's not really real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like the million dollar belt. DC's not, his belt's not real then either. Well, or we just have a bunch of paper champions right now. It's, DC is a little bit different because we don't know when John's coming back. John started training again. He's been training. I don't think he's ever stopped training. Oh, well. You know, drugs don't stop you from training. That's you true. Train. I wonder if he stopped the coke. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he's a, uh, you know, drug awareness PSA waiting to happen. <laughs> but, but I have no problem with this being an interim title fight. It, it, it's, I get why they did it. It just doesn't. It's just a million dollar belt. Now you have three interim titles. Oh, well, I guess DC's isn't interim. Nah, DC's. Champion. But technically, you have three non undisputed. Non undisputed. That can't be a word. But <laughs> <laughs> so you have three disputed championships in a year because you just came off of Verdum, who got an interim title. You'd give Connor interim title, and DC is the rightful champion, but he's not undisputed. So what are they really saying? Rankings mean nothing. Chad, is Chad even number one? Chad's, um... He's number two behind Frankie. Yeah. So and, and he's Dana not said even Frankie, the number one contender. It's so hard, man, because these UFC rankings are based on, like, like, I'm on the ranking committee, so a bunch of people make these rankings, but nobody wanted to see Frankie fight, you know, Conor right now for whatever reason because Chad's only two losses have been to the champ. So I don't know, like... All this stuff is just a bunch of fluff. I just want to see people fight. It's it, that time? You're, yeah. you're ready? You just want to see people we're, fight? We're a couple days out. Um, you know, they, they threw a bunch of money away promoting Aldo McGregor. Like, right now, McGregor could fight, you know, the Lucky Charms leprechaun and people are going to pay to see it. So, it is what it is. And I, I guess, you know, Chad Mendes might be the Lucky Charms leprechaun because he's so tiny. <laughs> Chad, that's my hell of a punch he got. He's going to show uh, he does, very gonna show McGregor the, the pot at the end of the rainbow. Knock him right out. True indeed. So, Connor Mendez, we have the undercard no one's talking about. The co-main. I can't call oh, it undercard. So sad. The co-main. Robbie Lawler. Rory McDonald. Roy's my boy. 
So I'm always like hyped when Rory fights. I believe he has a good chance in this fight, but no one's talking about it. It's like, come on, man, push Aries. The, the kid, he's like a robot. Like you can push he him. Is. They have the Terminator. His personality is like a he robot too. Been like straight Terminator out in promos. True. And they didn't say anything about him. So that's whack. So we we have that fight. Who else is fighting on the main card? The main I mean, card got buried. The main card is buried. You got Brandon Thatch versus Gunnar Nelson. You got Jeremy Stevens and Dennis Bermudez. Uh, Matt Brown's fighting on the prelims to try to get people to pay who, for some reason, may not have paid yet. So to watch a Matt Brown fight. That's uh, not bad. No, Matt Brown's always fun to watch. Um, and that's really it. The, I mean, like today's media day. Here's what sucks. Where we're at right now, there's going to be a press conference going on with the two championship fights. And then we get to do interviews with everybody that nobody cares about. Yep. And and I don't mean that to disrespect anybody else on the card, but anybody who's tuning in to watch this fight is not paying to watch Gunnar Nelson versus Brandon Thatcher. Which is weird because usually we get one-on-ones or at least small scrums with all the champions. Yeah, it's too big. This is the first time we have to do it like a press conference atmosphere. Well, you, like, know, you know what makes this thing worse is that I get Conor McGregor not being at media day because we've interviewed him like seven times in the last four months. I just dropped another editorial today. <laughs> I get Chad Mendez in a sense because he's engaged in that fight. Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler need all the promo they can get. That's what I'm saying. So what happens when they have to carry their own pay-per-view the next time? You just, you're just paying to watch a good fight. That's, That's all. That's it. So what are you hoping for, that Robbie quietly just dismisses of Rory and then you can hype up a trilogy with him and Big Rig Hendricks like that's cool maybe you can sell that as a main I mean, card what if Rory we, wins we now Rory has no personality they don't know who the hell the champion is well they, they basically take Rory and turn him to the next GSP and have GSP speak for him maybe I don't know. GSP's boring, too. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all bad. GSP's going to be Paul Heyman. Yeah. He's going to come out and be Paul Heyman. It's all bad. Like, if Rory McDonald wins the title, which we, when we talk about the preview, I'll explain how Rory can win this fight. His obvious fat fight will be against Carlos Condit. That's who's next. Carlos is a guy that a lot of people like. And he's a, good, he's a good, great fighter. And he's got enough personality to carry, carry the strap. But, like, talking to Rory, like, I've interviewed Rory many times. Yeah. Uh, I've did profile pieces on him for Ultimate MMA. Um, the guy just doesn't, he's just not, he doesn't stand out in the crowd. He just wants to fight. Yeah. That's it. Robbie does too. Robbie's been in this game for a long Rob, time. Robbie has been. And Robbie, since becoming champion and like the second Hendricks fight, you see his personality come out a little bit more. You see him at least being comfortable in front of the camera. Before I thought he was like shy. I thought there was like a, nah. a problem with like, you know, Robbie. He was just like too, too just to himself. Nah, Robbie just quiet. doesn't care. Yeah, he's, he's like, really the, the most indifferent guy. It's like, hey, Robbie, who do you want to fight? Ah, I don't care. You know, whoever they put in front of me. Yeah. And he always shrugs his shoulders. I'm, yeah. I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> like, the, are you happy you got the title? Uh, my life hasn't changed much. Everything's the same. Nothing changes with Robbie Lawler. At all. And I enjoy that guy a lot. And, uh, yeah, we're at the pool right now. And God Kale's bless eyes the pool. Wandering. God bless the pool. She's got a kid. Semantics. Robbie Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> and Rory McDonald. You can't even say the names Yo, right. No, I can't. I'm distracted. All right, we need a guest. We need a break. We need something. We got a guest coming through. Hold on. Let's see Let's see who's popping up right now. What's up, man? It's Tyron Woodley, UFC Welterweight. And I'm ready to chop it up with you. Thank Yo. you. Thank you for coming on the corner with us, especially on this busy weekend. Yeah, it's a crazy weekend. It's an international fight week here in Las Vegas. So I'm getting ready to um, go and greet some of the fans at the Expo, support my teammates Saturday as you 
try to defend his world title and um, you know watch some great fights. So Tyron, man, it's Andreas. We talked a while back, um, and we talked. I think we talked right before the Condit fight and when you won the Condit fight. Now you've been on the shelf with this injury. Can you kind of talk about the surgery and how everything's coming along? When we can expect to see you back in the, in the octagon? Yeah, you know, I'm cleared 100% now from the doctors. I had a pretty, you know, not a severe surgery, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that was just crashing giggles, but um, had some pants put in, um, took me out for a while, immobilized me for a while, but now I'm to the point where I actually can jog, I can run, I can hit mitts, I can wrestle and grapple, so uh, the bone's 100% healed. Um, the doctor said it looks amazing. Um, he couldn't have... Couldn't have prayed it went better, and um, I'm excited to get back in there. So, brother is now off the shelf, and uh, I think it's time to get somebody up. Man, so who do you have your eye on, man? I, I know you, I know you're watching the title fight closely, but I know you got you want another piece of Kanye. Is there anybody you want to fight in particular? I mean, I kind of already whooped Kanye. I mean, I think anybody who lost a fight would want another piece of somebody else. Right. But in my mind, I feel like you know people kind of took that loss away from me. Things that I did within that fight, um, be it striking, wrestling, takedowns, just explosion, I dominated the entire fight. I don't, I don't know what they thought was going to happen um, in the rest of the fight, but it didn't. So with that said, you know, I, I kind of petitioned for Johnny Hendricks while I thought it would make sense for us to fight this weekend, and then people can clearly see who's the number one contender the fight. That fight didn't happen, so what's going to happen is we're going to watch this fight this weekend, see what happens between Robbie and Rory. And then me, Kanye, and Johnny, whoever doesn't get the next shot, we're probably going to end up facing each other. Watching these two fighters with Robbie and Rory matching up for you, who would you rather fight? Because we have pretty much two different styles, and in the octagon, they present two different challenges. For you, if you had to get that next shot, if you're the number one contender, who would you rather see in that match? You know, it's tough for me because as a teammate and friend, I want to see Robbie win because, you know, he's my boy, and... You know, he brought home the first UFC go for our team. And um, he just had a great journey and one of the best comeback stories in all of MMA. Uh, but by actually, um, if I had to pick, um, not to say that Robbie would lose, I mean, uh, you know, taking the title away from him, but if I had to just pop one of them, um, all things considered, I would obviously rather get a, title, um, a shot against Rory. Um, I would much rather fight him than fight his teammate. And, you know, I was uncharacteristic and I laughed about um, I didn't do anything that people know me to be capable of doing. And with that said, I would like to get back out there and, um, you know, show people what I'm made of. So how do you see this fight going this weekend? Because Roy fights a different fight every time out. It seems like every time he's kind of either evolving, he's fighting defensive, he's fighting offensive, and we know what Robbie's going to bring to the octagon. He's going to bring that pressure. So how do you see this fight playing out? You know, I, I think, you know, I just said this a second ago, I was uh, grabbing some food with, um, match for Robbie and Rory, and I, I think that Robbie and Rory are each other's worst matchups. You know, Robbie just has the, the ability to not really care what your game plan is, just uh, he just kind of walks through, you walk down and try to take your head off. Um, that poses a ton of problems for an overly technical strategic fighter. And the same thing with uh, Rory, Rory's going to try to continue to keep space, make him more of a point fight, try to get Robbie on the ground, and score, so he score his heavy shots from the um, top. So it's really who's, who's able to employ their game plan faster or put themselves in a position where they can actually be successful. These two are obviously, it's really for the, the main belt because the other fight this weekend is for an interim title, even though it features Conor McGregor. 
where do you feel like the division is going? Because there's other fighters in other divisions maybe that are more charismatic or just talk a lot more and they get the selling points and they're on ESPN and all this stuff. But your division is full with just a bunch of fighters. Like, you guys don't talk. You get in there and fight. Do you feel like that's something that brings the division down? Or that no, I'm, I'm really glad that the UFC has, has extended uh, the division to the top 15 when they do the ranking systems. Because, particularly in my division, uh, in my division, the top 15 are just absolute killers. So, it would be a, you know, a discredit not to include the other... You know, the other five guys are, you know, 11 to 15 in the ranking system because they're equally as dangerous and they always want to find a way to stop kids. We don't really have to talk as much. I think you have the experienced guys, you have the up-and-coming guys, you have the dark horse guys that at any moment they can flip the switch and push you out. So I, I love being in the best division in the world. I think it, it shows what type of athlete I am, you know, to be, be blessed to be within the top three of this um, group. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just excited. I'm a fan of the... For the division, most guys are in the sport I actually enjoy watching. So this weekend, I'm going to be a fan. Uh, I'm not going to really think so much about what's next for me and, you know, how I prepare against these guys. I'm just going to kind of watch the division. So let me ask you, Tyler, while you, you were been on your break, a lot of things have happened in the world. And you're from the Lou, and we had the whole Mike Brown situation going on, and you were kind of vocal about that. Um, yeah, that was on the street. It, was, it would be silly for me not to be vocal. I grew up on the street. You know, so when you watch Ground Zero with the riot and things happening in Ferguson, my barber shop's on the street. I lived on the street, and I still go to the street today. You know, um, I think that a lot of things that goes on with the Ferguson issue, with the police, with the with the citizens, there's a lot of issues that's been swept under the rug for so many years. Wrong on both sides, and we, we have to quit, quit. You know, dumbing things down, addressing them, then let them go around. They're gonna come back up and resurface. So. I'm still vocal about it. I'm still in the community, going to schools, talking to kids, you know. And I, you know, even the mayor of Ferguson is my, the mayor of Ferguson is my teammate from college. We wrestle me, um, teammate from high school. We wrestle on the same team. So I'm collectively working with him to try to bridge that gap between, you know, the, the, the civil um, constituents and then the actual the citizens. So what's it, what's the climate like out there right now? I mean, we've been removed from this for a little while, and, you know, Ferguson's been kind of taken out of the spotlight, but how's the climate for you, and you say you've still been speaking. How, how's the uh, morale out there? Uh, the morale is good, you know. Uh, my barbershop is gangster, though. They, 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 they was outside saying, hey, not up in here. Guess what? You're not going to touch my building. You're not going to touch your building to the side. You're not going to touch the building to the outside. Because you burn them, you might burn us. But right across the street, we see these huge... Um, builders that are burned out, I look at them daily. It, it, none of them are built back up yet. You know, so it's a conscious reminder every time I go to there, which is once a week. You know, I usually take my boys to get there every once a week. And I have to see it. I have to explain to them what happened and why it happened. And, you know, having three boys, you're kind of fearful of, um, you know, people can look at my son and say, okay, he's wearing Jordans. He's dressed in a certain type of way. And they might confuse him with a hoodlum or a gangbanger or something of that nature. Mm. Here's another question for you. Um, fighter responsibility, using your platform. I mean, as a black man in the UFC, <laughs> you know, we saw with Yoel Romero, he came out and said something that kind of got, you know, panned for saying what, what he felt. But do you see your responsibility to kind of broadcast these messages as a black athlete? You know, I think what Yoel Romero was attempting to say was misinterpreted. Okay. I think he was saying our world is crazy, which I agree with, and I piggyback if you saw on social media. It is crazy. It is people, you know, 
I'm watching a video right now with Ricardo Laborio of the kid that got caught by his dad smoking weed, and his dad completely beat the living half out of him in front of everybody for three minutes straight. So with that said, just think about the, the, the mindset. You know, churches getting burned in South Carolina, the Baltimore issue, the New York issue, the Ferguson issue. We kind of just fucking let it go. You know, we really got to put it together, and we got to, you know, have the sense of community back have the sense of community back and uh, put ourselves in a position where we're, we're having more personal responsibility for our actions and really being, being natural human beings, you know? As role models, where do you feel like athletes such as yourself or even entertainers, they stand in responsibility, you know, in terms of that and kind of being those leaders and giving kids an example? Because we've heard, you know, throughout the years in sports, like, don't look up to me, we're not role models and everything, but really... You guys are the faces they see every day. Uh, the UFC right now has Mighty Mouse, who's a, a black champion. You've had, you know, the yeah. John Jones. You've had uh, other black champions throughout the UFC. Do you feel like with those titles, with those elevated platforms, that athletes should really take more of a stand and more, have more of a voice in the community? Yeah, you know, Mighty Mouse is a good friend of mine. I actually just was um, hanging out with him and his wife yesterday. Um, and he's a down-earth guy. He, he, he's more at, look at what I'm doing. And if you like what I'm doing, then, and if it's something that inspires you, I'm glad to do it. But he's not going to overly go out there and overly try to, you know, I'm a little bit different, man. I mean, I, I, I speak out on what I believe in. And, you know, I don't try to force, like, I'm a Christian, but I don't try to force Christianity anymore. You know, God says, know, know me by my light, know, know me by my fruit. So the things that I do, the things that I'm blessed with, the things that are coming to me because of whether you call it good karma, good energy, playing good seeds, or just being a good person, that's what I want you to do. And and, and, and and really, you know, nobody's perfect. I think it's good that these people see a transparent individual that makes mistakes, that fall down, and have to get up, and don't even put on this, you know, put on the persona to be perfect when you're not. So that's the kind of, that's the kind of reputation I have. You know, I try to do my best to make just good choices, treat people right good part of the individual, but I mess up, I make mistakes, and, um, you know, I'm open to say that. Well, now I want to switch gears for you, for you a little bit. Um, Tom, what are you listening to on your iPod right now? What's the hottest album out right now for you? I've been wondering this. Man, man you know, I got a crazy mix, man. I'm listening to freaking uh, uh, Jazz and Sullivan, brand new. I'm listening to uh, Big Mensa, um, You Mad. I'm listening to... All types of stuff, man. So it just depends. You know, sometimes I get to a point where I'm trying to clear my airway and get my mind straight. So I might be listening to some gospel rap or something that's more, you know, spiritually edifying to my to my soul and, my, and what I'm thinking about. Sometimes I just want to be, like, you know, just get pumped up. Because there's a lot of politics in mixed martial arts, a lot of politics in the UFC. And like you said before, people that bump the gums the most and the entertainers, they're getting, they're getting the biggest place of pool. So part of me just want to say, F it. I want to buy and just have people up and earn my respect and take what's mine. So those type of, those type of songs, you know, get me to that mindset and get me to that point where I just want to, I just want to try to hurt somebody. Yeah. Yo, last week we were talking about the best album so far in 2015. And Andreas swears that the Kendrick Lamar album is the best Kendrick so far. Kendrick Lamar is mine too. Ah, see? Like, is it the best yeah, album you've heard this year? Kendrick, I, you know, I'm glad you reminded me because I haven't bought the album yet. And I do, like, if, if I snapshot and take a picture and show you my playlist, the number one song is all right. Mm. Like, that video, just the subliminal message in the video, just the 
you know, he just didn't care. You know, he told all the rappers, he said, get your game up. You guys need to do better. You know, he kind of put it out there that he's the only, one of the only, him, B.O.B., and a few other rappers are the only guys that are really rapping about anything meaningful. And, you know, he's a beast. So, I man, I was just glad to, you know, I didn't get a chance to meet him. I missed him on the seven straight out of Compton, um, the movie that came out. I play, um, I play T-Bone from the Lynch Mob. Uh, I missed him on set, but hopefully I get to check him out at the premiere. Wait, 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 hold up. You in the Straight Outta Compton movie? Yeah, man. I played T-Bone from the Lynch Mob. <laughs> oh, wait, how did you land that part, bro? Because they, they realized that they had to get somebody who could fight, somebody who's from the hood, somebody who um, understood, you know, the role really easily. And, and out of anything I've done, I haven't done a ton of acting, a ton of stunts. But out of anything I've ended up done, it was the most natural. He just put me in the mindset uh, of St. Louis, you know, the drug what happened if we was going to get jumped to get into a fight and it was so simple for me to do the director is F. Gary Gray he did a county job set it off Friday he said man if I ever get into some scraps I know who to call he's like man you my goon right now and it was just it was just a great experience dude I mean that's like a monumental film like yeah. that's something that we all grew up on did you listen yeah, to yeah. the lynch mob as a kid man for sure you know <laughs> We were the one for the match. We was we was on set, right? And um, I sat there, and then Doctor Trey walked on set. My 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 this guy's a billionaire, no security. I shoot walks on set, no security. And you know, you get to the point where I'm like, I'm looking at these guys and what they're doing for the community. They're not telling people to go out and commit crimes, and you know, but don't respect the authority and don't you know give. The police officers, their credit, they still saying that this is what was going on. NWA, we were there, we were the, the reporters, we were the reporters of what was going on in Compton at that point. You know what I mean? It was very controversial. You know, they didn't want the music out. They did it anyway. And what have they done ever since then? They've evolved. They've become great businessmen. You know, Q-Vision is doing ridiculous with all his series. You know, Are We There Yet? You know, Ride Along. Barbershop and all these different movies, and we all know what Dr. Dre did with me. So just to be able to talk to those guys at a at a very humble ground level, I'm like, that's why they're successful, and they kind of inspired and motivated me, you know, to continue my, you know, continue my show. Yo, that is so dope. Before we get you out of here, though, we need your official predictions for the main event and the co-main event for this weekend. Who do you well, have? I don't have? I don't have a crystal ball, but I do. I do want to see. Um, my, my guy Robbie Lawler winning. I do want to see my guy Robbie Lawler winning. And we I do want to see Robbie Lawler win, obviously. And uh, the main event, you know, I, I, I really, I would like to see the spoiler. You know, I, I wasn't a big Conor McGregor fan. I'm not going to lie to you. But now I appreciate his business mind and his ability to go out there and get that fine right quick. And... I, I think that we can kind of pick up a page out of this book, but at the same token, I'm always down for the spoilers, man, because they steaming them up, they hyping them up. You know, it seems as if the UFC doesn't mind having him as champion for, for what he brings to the table. I think Chad can go in there and show the show. Ah, uh, he's picking the wrestler. Look, I could have guessed yeah. that. Look at it. Got to go with the wrestler. <laughs> Not only the wrestler, but the guy that's more experienced, the guy who has more top 10 victories, the guy who's been in the UFC longer, and the guy, if you look at, you know, five and fight, He's achieved more. So it's not just a wrestler. Um, the only thing that, you know, Connor's done more than um, Chad has done is entertain and, and, and smoke a fight. 
No, definitely, definitely. And thank you for coming on with us, taking some time out during International Fight Week and UFC 189. I know it's a busy time. Uh, everyone appreciate it. Uh, fans appreciate it. We're going to check you out in that movie, definitely. Hell yeah. Thank you. Check so. me out. Straight out of Compton, August 14th in theaters. I'll be playing Timo from the Lynch Mob. I'm Ice Cube right hand in in the movie. So it'd be almost impossible for you not to at least check me out a few times in the movie. Definitely. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Everyone else, stay tuned. This is usually where the sponsors would go, but since we're sponsored by you, the people, we wanted to make sure you know about our special UFC 189 episode on YouTube. It's the Corner Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, search for us, subscribe to us. We're going to turn that into our little WWE Network style joint, so we'll be giving you exclusive content on there all the time. For you diehard fans, the ones who want to hear our predictions, our smart yard results, our technical speak and all that, so we can give you all these great results. So tune in so you don't have to hear all the everything else that we're talking about. It's just focus on UFC 189 and TUF finale. Stay with us, folks. What up, everybody? Welcome back. We'd like to thank our guest, Tyron Woodley, for coming through, pulling people here. Yeah. Yeah, it pays to be at the pool, right? Nice guest. Nice weather. Uh, nice scenery. It's hot, man. I wish I was in some shorts. I wish I wasn't, like, feeling like I had to work today. Word. If I was in shorts, I'd be in the lazy river with the mic, chilling. Right. The whole podcast. We just put the whole equipment, like, on the, the little raft and be floating down the lazy river recording this. So... Now, though, we have a full day of media events for yep. UFC 189. We have, like, three media day things to do today. Yeah, and CM Punk's actually going to be here. Oh, we get to talk to CM Punk. So I don't think any of us going to really. It's going to be like a mob of people trying to talk to Punk today. It's all right. We just got to battle our way in there. You know. Throw yeah. some bows. We'll be all right. So, it, yeah, it's a busy day. But then tonight we got Invicta. Invicta Cyborg headlining. Cyborg headlining. Um and nobody cares who she's fighting. Like, casual fans, you don't care who she's fighting. At all. You don't care nothing about this except as long as she wins, is she fighting Ronda Rousey? Is that all you care about? That's all I care about. And it seems that someone the other day posted on Twitter that she was at 147 two days ago. Yeah. So she only had to cut two more pounds in two days. She's ripped. So 135 might not be a stretch if you hit 147 that early. Now, there's no IVs anymore due to the changes in the UFC uh, testing or whatever, and it's banned. So rehydrating would be a problem for her. But 12 pounds, two days, seen fighters do it or damn near get close. She's just never made that weight before, 135. She got to do it once. Once for the biggest payday of your life. Can you lose 10 pounds for the biggest payday of your life? So, all right. So first of all, foregone conclusion that Cyborg beats Faith Van Duen tonight. Yes. Okay. Badly, right? Like, ugly. Probably. Faith, Faith has only been training for three years. Yeah. Training MMA for three years. So that's always a problem with women's MMA. It's like you find women that haven't been doing it that long, and you put them up against somebody like Ronda Rousey, who's been training judo since she was like seven. So Cyborg has said that she would like to fight Misha Tate at 140, which is something I actually really like to see. Cupcake could take that right now. I don't see. I mean, what else are you going to do? Keep getting beat up by Ronda Rousey? Yeah, I mean, there's no one else. She, which is crazy. Because Misha has done pretty well against everyone else. And that's how she, except that's for Kat Yeah, Kat. Kat beat her too. And actually, I'd rather but she see. But she was doing well in that fight, though. Yeah, she got stopped. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, it is what it is. I don't mind that at all. If you got to take another step down to get this the, the Rousey fight, and you have to fight Misha Tate at 140 in a catchweight fight, the UFC can do it. I don't see why they can't. Yeah, and you get UFC money, and it's UFC fight, so that's dope. You kind of get out of the Invicta banner. 
You let people actually see you right. in the UFC. So whether it's on a pay-per-view card or they headline their own Fox Sports 1 card, that'd be the best thing to do. Just put them, I don't know, L.A., Fox Sports 1 in October and just give them the whole card and let them headline. Well, it makes sense because at this point with Ronda Starr shining so bright, there are a lot of people who have no idea who Cyborg Santos is. So if you put her in there and you show people who she's fighting, it'll hype them up some more. Because a diehard fan knows Cyborgs. We've been watching her decimate people since Strike Force and even before that. And we saw what she did to Gina Carano. But everybody else is just like, who's a Cyborg chick? But Cupcake's been way more active than Cyborg. Cyborg's dropping weight. Even the five pounds is going to be rough. Cyborg still wins that fight. Cyborg wins? Yes. No doubt in your mind. Because that takes doubt. away the entire chance of a super fight if Cupcake comes in and taps her. She can't. I don't think she can. Cyborg, Cyborg's Muay Thai is going to be a problem. Yeah. Standing up, and she's... she's Even though I saw her got wrecked in a Muay Thai fight, but the chick was like 6'8". Yeah, I mean, it was, that was different. But against Misha Tate, who's more wrestler than anything else, and Cyborg's actually got a pretty good jiu-jitsu game, I don't see Misha Tate being able to beat her. I, I think it's the perfect fight for Cyborg to set her up for the Rousey fight. And, and that'd be great, because it'd give us Rousey next summer, around May, here. Yeah, and whenever she's not filming a movie or doing some kind of extracurricular hey, activity. do that... All spring, when May hits and it's Memorial Day weekend, Rousey Cyborg here would be crazy. Yeah. And hell, shit, Connor would be due for another fight. Yeah, yeah. I Put mean, those two on the same card. I don't. Numbers mind are astronomical. I don't mind it at all. Like, you are, it's crazy numbers. I mean, you're breaking every record, right? UFC 100 is out the window. Yeah. With Rousey and and theoretically a champion Connor. Very possible. Very possible. Shit, that'd be incredible. I mean, so the Invicta card tonight, by the time we air this podcast, we'll probably be at the fight. So there's no reason to do a preview on it. So it's all about Cyborg. Cyborg's just going to wreck the chick. So yeah. just know that if you're hearing this today, go and watch it so you can watch Cyborg wreck the chick. If you're hearing this any other time in the weekend or early next week, go back and YouTube it and watch Cyborg wreck the chick. Now, That's it, because you're going to see who Rondi's, Rousey, Rondi, <laughs> Ronda Rousey, yo, it's every time this chick walks by me, I cannot speak. <laughs> Ronda Rousey's going to fight next. It's, uh, if for some reason Faith beats Cyborg, I'm sorry, Faith, we all wrote you off, and... Does Faith get a shot? Where's I, Data at? He's going to put, I don't know. Faith? I have no idea. Ronda has no one else to fight, right? Like, who is she going to dismantle next? Well, she's got Beth Correa, and she's going to kill Beth Correa. Like, she's going to kill Beth, Beth Correa. Correa. Oh, yeah. In Brazil, in front of everyone, it's going to be ugly. Like, that's, she's just not, no. And then... And she goes to films another Holly movie. Holly Holm? Would be Holly Holm ain't ready. I mean, Holly by the time the movies are done and all that stuff. I there's mean, no one else. Cupcake no, again? I honestly don't know. Cat again? Where are you going to run? A 15-second promo of her being her in 15 seconds? Yeah, it's like going to be an Instagram video. All the fights are Instagram videos. Yeah, I don't know. it's crazy. So, I mean, Ronda's kind of at that point, and it has to be Cyborg. That's why I don't want to catch weight at 140. I don't want a, a stupid fight in between. I want to see it go down. Shit, I want to see it go down this weekend, but it can't happen. So, you know what? They're both fighting close enough that you can make it a winter fight, even if it's in December, and they love that December 6th date, December 8th, around that time date. Make it happen. They can fight any day of the week. Now, we also this week can have the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, True. Headlined by S Steven Thompson versus Jake Ellenberger, which is actually a really good fight. Good fight. I like Ellenberger. I like watching him fight. Well, I think Ellenberger's going to get smoked. Ooh. 
Stephen Thompson's the, the truth. He is the real deal. And he's been training with Chris Weidman, so obviously his wrestling is going to has much improved. His kickboxing, he was undefeated, won over 100 fights. Mm-hmm. That whole camp is, is really good right now. Yeah, well, Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson, Ellenberger, and then you have um, the rest of the card is meh, but that's the only thing I'm looking forward to. But you have to watch the Ultimate Fighter show and be invested and all that what stuff. What did you watch? Uh, I've watched the past two episodes. This this how it goes every time though, because we always got to cover these like uh, Ultimate Fighter main, you know, last fight type things. Right. Uh, the finales, and I always go back. I watch the prior two episodes, and I know I catch up on everything. They do cool little previews in the beginning of every episode, and then I show up that night. and I'm like, yeah, I know these people. I mean, and that's it. This season was really all about haters Hassan from American Top Team. Uh, American Top Team was getting drilled. The whole season. Until Hader won. Yep. He won three fights for them. Yep. Like, and it was Hader Hassan's idea to give the the money to the Wounded Warriors Project. Mm-hmm. So that guy's amazing right now. We're going to talk to him today. So I'm looking forward to seeing Hader Hassan fight. Um, he's been called un- overrated. He's been called a lot of things. But, hey, Not man, overrated if you outwork everyone. Yo, you win three fights on the Ultimate Fire. Like, most guys, you get to fight once and you get to fight in the finale. He's already won three fights and he's fighting... In the finale again. Yeah. Dude's path to to the UFC is golden right now. Yeah. I mean, regardless of how this shakes out, he's going to be on the roster. Like, he's a UFC fighter from here on out. And it's good. He's super dedicated. And he has that story, like you said, that can carry the finale, that will make people tune in, that will carry him into the beginning of his UFC career. Now, does he have championship material? Absolutely not. No. But... There's a lot of people in those teams. Those are two of the best teams in the world. Black so he Black, could get better. Yeah. You know, as much as I like the Black Zillions, it feels like they're they always had, hexed. Yeah, but so okay, so is uh, Team Alpha Male. What? Well, no, they've had one they champion. Have a, they have Dillashaw, and they've had Faber, who was a champion. Like the Black Zillions have this thing, and I love them to death. Shout out to Rashad Evans and Michael Johnson and those guys and Tyron Spawn. They always somebody gets hurt. Something always happens. Always. Spawn is hurt. He's not fighting a World Series of fighting. Rashad Evans is finally coming back. He's fighting Ryan Bader, who I hope he's winning. He's just going to wreck Ryan Bader. And if Ryan Bader wins, well, then, then he gets DC. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Michael Johnson, he's had a, you know, a bumpy road after, winning, you know, uh, after the Ultimate Fighter. So he's been doing all right for himself. But Vita Belfort, we saw how he got starched by Chris, Chris Weidman. The Black Zillions camp seems like they get to the finish line but can't cross it. And then the Ultimate Fighter this season, oh, it was the exact same thing. Face? Uh, Rumble. Who My got point. to the yeah? Got to the the top of the mountain peak and fell. And you and fall crumbled. apart. Like I, w- I need the Black Zillions to get over the hump. And this the Team ultimate Alpha Male had the same thing in the UFC outside of Uriah. You know, yeah. it was just like they can't win a title. Every time they get to the title fight, they choke. No one's gonna win the belt. And then the least likely person from the camp. Yeah, nobody thought TJ Zillow wins the belt. Anything. Stepping in as a replacement. So it's like, all right, they have a shot. And you're telling me Rumble's never going to get back to that point again? No, he will. Like, I'm saying they will, but they have not. Since Rashad won the title, and that's what, back when he was with Greg Jackson. Jackson, yeah. Ever since the Black Zillions have been created, they have gotten so close, but they can't cross the line. And like I said, the Ultimate Fighter this season was the perfect example. They, all they needed to do was win one fight and lost the last three. And now it's like Kamaru's going to fight Hater in, in this finale, and... I have this feeling they're going to lose again. Hater's going to win. Hassan's going to take this too. And the Black Zillions and Glenn Robinson and that's his crew. It's like, damn, man. Like, what are you guys going to do to get so over the So close. Home? 
and personality wise they really carried the season I, I thought their whole crew was dope yeah. I like their team and like I like the Black Zillion like Tyrone Spawn is an excellent fighter yeah we need him to get healthy Rashad Evans has been hurt they are just they didn't change something down there then. Some, it's just really frustrating but that happens to a lot of these camps when you have the best fighters around you you're not made to go against these guys every day people don't want to go against these guys once but I mean look at AKA you got Daniel Cormier and you got Cain Velasquez. You got Luke Rocco. Like, these guys are fighting every day. That's why they're injured. Or outside of D.C., but Cain's always injured. Yeah, but not Rocco. No, Rocco's Rocco's, he's on the verge for a title. That's true. You think he comes up short? Hey, Rocco's a problem. I, I said since I first saw him be. fight, Luke Rocco is a scary guy. I saw when he uh, captured the title, what was that, Strike Force? Yeah. I just saw that fight the other day again. It was he, on he replay. Beat Jacare. Yeah. I mean, look. Amazing Rock, fight. And Jacare is a beast. The thing about Luke Rockhold, while we're going to be on the subject of him, so since he's fighting Chris Weidman, his striking's a little more refined, his jitsu's a little bit more refined, and he's a big guy. And that's what it takes to beat Chris. Chris has always been the bigger fighter so far right. in his matches. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when those two get on the ground because Rockhold's got great jitsu, but we, Weidman's grappling, we've been talking about that for a long time. All right, let's switch gears to boxing, though, because we got Keith Thurman one time coming up this weekend. And if you haven't seen One Time Fight, you're living under a rock. Yeah. And he's one of the best young fighters. Andreas, for some reason, wants to see him fight one of the other best young fighters in the world. And I keep saying that it's too early, but we'll get there. You're talking about Errol Spence? Of course I'm talking yes, about Errol Spence. It's too early. No, it's not. Let it build. Let it cook a little bit. Why? Because that's it builds the intrigue. Can we can we get two people? There's enough belts to go around. It's boxing. Can we have care. them both be champions? No. Can we make it mean something? No. No. Yeah, they, it has to mean something. No, they can fight on the undercard of Mayweather's last fight, which we're also looking Keith like Thurman might, is making a million dollars for fighting a nobody this week. He's not fighting a nobody. You need to stop. Luis Colazo is fighting Colazo, who is a ch- prior champion who is no longer in the class of a Keith Thurman. What, what class is Colazzo in? He's a former champion There's a class. lot of slander going around about Luis Colazzo. He's a former champion. Cool. I, I take it back. He's not nobody. He's a former champion. And eventually, former champions are just throwing in against young Lions to get beat and have their resumes stacked. Dog, he is, is damn near Robert Guerrero. There is, this is interesting. Yeah, he, damn near Robert Guerrero still made Keith Thurman's head swell up like he had like a watermelon. He in his gave brain. him one knot. Look, it's still a good fight. Here's the, the problem is that people are looking at this fight as like, oh, Keith should run him over. Keith should win this fight. But Colazzo's not just some bum they just picked off the street. Colazzo, I thought he beat Ricky Hatton when they first fought. Okay. I had Colazzo beating Andre Berto when they that? fought. Oh, okay. A lot of people should beat Berto. But the judges didn't. Colazzo's had a tough time. He looked flat against Amir Khan. And he always bounces back from a loss that looks great. After he got beat by, I think it was the Berto loss. Oh, no, it was Freddie Hernandez's loss. He came back, won three fights, got thrown in with Victor Ortiz, and everybody's like, Victor's going to kill him, and what happened? Klaus oh, yeah. destroyed him. Destroyed Victor. Klaus is not a But bone. that was the demise of Victor. Well, that was on the slide. Yeah, well, we all know Victor has no heart. Yeah. Trigger got no heart. <laughs> the guy has no heart. But Klaus was not a slouch, so this could be a potentially entertaining fight because Klaus will come to fight. Oh, he'll, he'll throw him. He's, he's not scared of anyone. That's not what he's built himself on. He's not scared. He's not going to be scared of Keith Thurman. But Keith Thurman has this, a lot of the same measurables as Amir Khan did. Colazzo well, has not a lot more that. power. A lot more power, but the length. Yeah. The the ability to just jab you to death if need be. He's he's quick enough in and out 
to get out of dangerous situations, which Amir Khan has sometimes when he's not getting tapped on the jaw. So it's going to be a lot of the same troubles. No, Keith should win this fight, but I'm just saying everybody complaining about who Keith's fighting in his homecoming fight. Like, if you want to complain about uh, someone, complain about Deontay Wilder fighting Eric Molina in his backyard and having a hard time with him. That, that complaint I can understand. This one, I'm not... I, I'm going to watch this fight. Well, shit, we're going to be at UFC 189, so I'm not going to be able to watch the fight. I'm going to have to watch it when I get home yeah. and have somebody ruin it for me on Twitter. <laughs> but the thing about Keith Thurman is he needs a fight like this. With somebody that's rough and rugged to see if he can get him out of there, he needs a knockout. His motto is KOs for life, and he has to have one in two fights. So he's got to knock somebody out. And then we got to see what's next for Keith. That's the biggest story here because— It's not going to be Errol. Why won't it? Because why are you going from headlining stuff for a million dollars to being on someone's undercard? You don't think he'll, you don't think they'll give him a million dollars to fight on Floyd Mayweather's undercard? Of course he'll give him a million dollars to so fight. Why but your he? name isn't in the marquee. You're not the show. Do you get more exposure on a Floyd Mayweather fight or do you get more exposure headlining your own card? I, oh. PBC on NBC, I, I'll take that over being undercard Mayweather. But the, how about this? The There's no one even there, by the wait, way. The Mayweather fight may be on CBS. His final fight may be on CBS. That's what we've been talking about the last week. There are talks that CBS is going to air this fight for free. So if Keith Thurman can get exposure. I'll take that. And against Eric's Errol Spence, who Floyd Mayweather wants to get exposure as the next big thing. We talk about too guys early. getting fights too soon. One of them has to lose too early. It's not too early. Too early. Uh, it's not too. If it wasn't too early for Vasil Lomachenko to fight for a world title in the second professional fight, it's not too early for Errol Spence. If I'm Keith, I'm not doing anything besides biding my time and stalking Kell Brook. Stalking Kell Brook? That's a tough-ass fight. It's a tough-ass fight. Kell Brook is way better than anyone ever anticipated. But you got to get a major title. Something's got to give. I mean, Floyd has them all. Floyd he has already said that he'll relinquish them. He said that, but he didn't. He has, if, if, Floyd, if Keith and Errol fight, I think he relinquishes it so they can fight for the title. Because like, he, he got stripped of the and WBO. He got stripped of one. Yeah. Who, nobody, it doesn't matter. I don't even know who the now contenders are for that well, belt. Well, the, the title holder is Timothy Bradley. Okay. Because he was the interim beating Jesse Vargas. So now Tim Oh, Bradley Keith could knock him out. Oh, not knock him out, but that would be one hell of a fight. So, is, but what I'm saying, it's not too early for Errol Spence. Like, I don't like this waiting game. I think it makes zero sense in boxing to have guys go through cupcakes for a long time and then fight a major fight. You look at the UFC, they didn't do that with Brock Lesnar, and he still became a star. It's Brock Lesnar. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying. The UFC doesn't do it in general. They just Came. babied Connor through the division. Did they baby him? What do you mean? Dustin they gave Poirier him. Dustin was no Poirier is his only tough fight. Dennis Seaver wasn't a, is not a bum. He's not a bum. He's not top five. They Look, gave him one top five of, opponent. Of course, he has a lot of his talking has had to do with how he got to where he is. But it's better that guys get advanced quickly than to wait. And in Keith Thurman's state, why would you want to wait till Errol Spence gets better? You fight him now because hopefully you get better. No, Errol and you at least cash out. Listen, I'm thirty mil is a lot this. different than one mil. There are several things I'm going to say about boxing that people say I'm crazy about, like Gennady Golovkin's the real deal. I don't give a damn what anybody says. I think so too. Errol Spence is going to be the best welterweight on the planet. So Book you think it. Keith is just taking the L sooner or later, but yet you want to talk Keith into taking the L I think now. Keith and, and Spence is far more competitive now than it is when Spence gets another two seasons. You love the trilogies, don't you? You love to see trilogy fights. Well, I don't even care about seeing t- trilogies. Because right now, if it happened, it'd be a trilogy fight. Because right now, Keith would win it and beat Arrow. How how do you say that? I, I'd say Keith just because momentum, the build of it, uh, 
Arrow being like endorsed by Floyd, it, it works great for Floyd. And you know, the rest kind of go in Floyd's favor. It's hard to see shit against Floyd. When you're Floyd's fighter, I don't think you get the benefit of the doubt with the refs. So I think Keith just has a bigger name. I think Keith, if it's anywhere close, Keith wins it on the cards. And we just saw the same thing when you have the bigger name in um, Canelo fighting Lara. When Lara probably should have won the fight, but Canelo so. take it. Lara was on his bicycle, but that, that, who cares? That's, yeah. that's not so, what we're talking about here. Well, we're Keith about wins, and then you set up Arrow for in two years for them to both have a belt, and then Arrow wins, and then you get a trilogy fight, hopefully for big money. Well, you could have just waited and had two undefeated fighters. Keith Thurman against Errol Spence is intriguing because Keith Thurman gets hit a lot. Correct. It's very hittable. And Spence has a number of weapons that nobody's been able to figure out yet. It's a good fight. Spence hasn't fought anyone of caliber of Keith Let's, Thurman. Dude, can we stop this shit about people that haven't fought people of caliber? Like, Are you going to bring up sparring? Secret I'm sparring gonna, session? I'm not, not going to bring up sparring. What okay. I'm going to say is this. When we talk about caliber fighting, because you say the same thing about Gennady Golovkin. Correct. You say he hasn't fought anybody of caliber. Correct. All right, so who is Miguel, I mean, not Miguel Cotto, who is uh, Canelo Alvarez fought of caliber that he's looked good against? Now you're prefacing the question. Like, I have to, because if you're winning <laughs> because fights, Because he has fought Floyd, he has fought Lara, and then he's also, well, that's about it. But it's two more fights than everyone else, uh, than Errol Spence Jr. What does it mean at the end of the day? Shit, Keith Thurman got more better fights than Errol Spence Jr. Who has he fought? He at least fought Guerrero. At least he's fought Guerrero. That's great. Does that make him automatically beat Errol Spence Jr.? Does, no. Does it Canelo, makes him more deserving of a big fight. Does Canelo beat Gennady Golovkin? No. Golovkin Why? beats Canelo. Canelo's fought the more be the better opposition. Because Canelo gets hit a lot. And that's not a it's guy you want test, to dude. hit you a lot. It's the eye test. Which, which is... I guess making your Keith Thurman, uh, Errol Spence Jr., I guess, scenario very plausible because you don't want to get hit a lot by that guy. No, you don't. So Canelo's a very good fighter, but he gets hit a lot, and you don't want Golovkin to hit you a lot. And Keith Thurman's a very good fighter, but you don't want Errol Spence to get the same shots no. in that Guerrero could get. And, and we're not going to say – I'm not saying that Errol just runs away with this fight. I think Errol Spence versus Keith Thurman is a very intriguing fight. I really don't know who wins that fight. You know, I, I'm not sure how much Keith has improved since the Guerrero fight. We'll kind of see this weekend against Colazzo. After Colazzo fight, I'll tell you who wins the fight. Because Keith has a lot to prove in this fight. Yeah, Keith has to go out there and, and show that killer instinct. Right now, he, he got an Olympian. He fought an Olympian. He tried to do the Olympic thing and outbox him. Cool. And then he fought Guerrero, and he looked impressive. And he had the little nod on his head, but still impressive fight for him. But it still wasn't dominant, dominant. That, and that's what we're waiting to see. Out of so Keith now you got to dominate higher competition. To be fair, I'm not sure if Floyd has dominated higher competition. He's just not been able to be hit. I mean, Floyd has dominated everybody he's defensively. Fought. Is that what matters? No, like, it does. I mean, but matters, right? Keith, Keith is an offensive fighter. It gets a little tougher to offensively dominate people at the highest level. Gennady Golovkin dominates everybody offensively. He just kind of rolls over people. Yeah, he hasn't fought the top of the top either. Aren't we back to the same subject? My now, point. if he can offensively dominate Andre Ward, if he can offensively dominate, you know, someone else in the 160 range, shit, I heard Timothy Bradley's open to taking a yeah, fight at 154. He, Timothy Bradley should go nowhere near Keith Thurman. I mean, I'm sorry, Gennady Golovkin. I, I would love to see Golovkin, maybe Rios. Who? Rios. Rios against who? Golovkin. Brandon Rios? I just want to see him like against a thumper, a fighter, like a 135er, like and he balloons up and he's fat. He's he's not making 160. 
154. Look, look. All these David 147 Le guys are talking about 154 The fight you want to see is David Lemieux and Gennady Golovkin right now. Oh, I'd love to see that fight. That's the fight you want to see. Offensive output, two guys who get hit. That's what you want to see. cool. Oscar's not doing that. He said he's not doing that. At least no, for another year. No, he's, he's he, he talked about doing it next spring. I don't believe him. We he's don't believe you. You need more people. I don't believe Oscar anything right now. So he's protecting his guys, which is why I think we have to see more of these crossover fights. Heyman, top rank, everything. Because they yeah, don't care about beating that. the shit out of each other. Yeah. yeah good you, don't luck wanna, with that. you don't want them to beat the shit out of your own fighters. You're losing money two ways. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's just You yeah. might as well beat the shit out of someone else's fighters. With Heyman, we already know what he's we doing. We already know how that goes. So, but if the money makes sense, Heyman's about that life. So we go from that. We, we talked about Floyd and Keith. Floyd and Leonard Ellerby have been very explicit in saying Keith Thurman does not get the September 12th fight with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think... Floyd is doing what Floyd does. He's being a very smart fighter and choosing when he fights people. Even though I think he should take Keith. And the longer it goes, the more I call BS on that. Because why not just choose your opponent now? Who's not active? Like, if you, the longer you wait, you open the door for Keith to take that fight. Because you could have just announced the shit. But if you fight Keith now, you get the whole Canelo effect. Where Keith is going to be so much better. And in retrospect, it looks great on your resume. And that's what, that's all Floyd's career has been about. Fighting people past their prime and fighting people before their prime. And that's what he has to do again. Well, here's my thing about what Floyd is doing right now. I think it has a lot more to do with negotiating how this fight is, where it's going to be shown, if it's going to be on CBS, if it's going to be on pay-per-view, and how much he's getting more than the opponent. I only guaranteed, though, right? He's locked in on his yeah, money. He's, he gonna, he's going to get his money. And after you already made $225 million, there's no sense in doing a pay-per-view. Might as well put it on free television. So to say he's not going to fight Keith Thurman is interesting until he watches the Colossal fight. And I think he wants to watch the fight. And He'll I think that's what him and Eller be waiting for. If Keith, Thurman, if Keith Thurman is just impressive enough but not too impressive, Floyd will take him. If Keith Thurman comes out, knocks out Colossal in the third round, and says, Floyd, you... Or a punk, if you run from me, Floyd give won't me take this it. fight right now and calls him out, that's his best bet. Floyd won't take it. Flo Call him out publicly. Floyd, Floyd won't take that fight. Shoot your shot. Look at, look at how Floyd picked his last few opponents. His friends get beat up, and then he picks the guy who beats him. Robert Guerrero beat Andre Berto. Uh, Victoria Petiz beat Andre Berto. Marcos Maidana beat Adrian Broner. Marcos Maidana gets a rematch. So, And it's always like the underdog that Floyd ends up picking, the guy yeah. who wasn't supposed to win. Then, on top of that, he never picks a guy who looks terribly dominant in his last fight. He looks a little shaky. So it's like the Canelo one was a little bit of a surprise because nobody thought he'd fight Canelo. I think he just wanted to prove a point. So if Same Keith Thurman struggles Pacquiao. with Luis Colazzo and ends up winning by a late knockout, I think the probability of Floyd making that fight happen gets heightened. But right now, it's, if it's all on, signs point to Amir Khan. That's it. Amir Khan. That's what I'm assuming. And he could have just announced this months ago. We be could have been fine. But Andre Berto, like you said, I mean, why not give your friend a paycheck if it's on network TV? Because nobody wants to see Andre Berto. But you don't got to pay to see Andre Berto. So that's where the, it comes in, right? I don't, you don't have to pay to see him if it's on CBS. You give the fight to whoever you no, want. No, he's trolling. Him and Kareem Merrifield, those guys aren't getting this way. Completely trolling. It, but it's, it's Amir Khan. That's it. And the, the, the if reason Khan gets why passed I, up, he got to fight Kell Brook. The, the reason why I also say it's Amir Khan is because Amir hasn't said shit in weeks. Yeah, no, nah, he's just this been the, chilling. This is the most quiet we've heard Amir Khan when it comes to Floyd Mayweather. 
So it's definitely in the works. That's that's just how I feel. Well, hopefully it's Americon because then we get a, a pretty decent fight. If we get Andre Berto, Floyd is just going to be in offensive mode and hopefully he lands a knockout. Yeah, I mean, Floyd wants to end his career with a knockout. Why not against Americon? True. Americon had the glass jaw in the past. He looked better at 147. A lot. 147, he looks better. He looks he looks better, but hey, if you're gonna knock somebody out, Floyd wants to go out with that Jeter moment though. Like you want to go out like yeah. top of the world, you know, home run knockout type last Posey. image of you. Yeah, you, you want that. And is this his last fight though? Ooh, if he doesn't get the knockout, I don't think so. You think he goes for fifty? I think he goes for fifty in the new arena. It's how you end it. Yeah. If he gets the walk off knockout crazy pose like and people make it like Ali pose iconic and he can just walk out on top of the world like guy laying flat and he's standing over him Floyd walks away 49 Join is game cool. six yeah you're good he's out of here if he doesn't if it's just another decision ho-hum he comes back and then I don't know how you don't fight a Keith Thurman how you don't fight a Sean Porter if you go for 50 you don't fight him because they don't have they're not drawing it's 50. You're drawing. It's 50. I, I know, but this is Floyd Mayweather's all about business. Floyd Mayweather, better hope. That perfect scenario for Floyd is Cotto beats Canelo. They have a rematch? And you rematch Cotto. 50, new arena, pay-per-view. You can get up in 100 mil range. If it's 50, it's Pacquiao. Again? Yep. Now, I think Cotto off of a Canelo win is better. It's bigger. Pacquiao. Nope. You don't think Cotto off a of Canelo win is bigger than Pacquiao? As much as we say we don't want to see Floyd and Pacquiao fight again, the underlying story of Pacquiao's injury is always going to be relevant to Pacquiao fans. And what perfect time then to come back in the stadium against Manny Pacquiao to prove well, Floyd doesn't have anything to prove. He would have beat him anyway. But to fight Cotto again, Cotto's not the same draw that Pacquiao is. And he's going to the shit out of that fight. If they do that, then I want to see that fight on CBS. I want to see that fight on uh, NBC, whatever yeah, it may be. Paid for yeah, a give fight. it to them free and just get advertisements like the shit's the Super Bowl. True. And you can make up the same amount of money. You can get a $10 million, 30-second Coca-Cola spot and, and treat this like the Super Bowl. Give it to everyone free, the rematch. And what? You're going to get, you think NBA Finals draws in 18? Super Bowls draw... Finals draw like 11 ratings, so it's 11 mil. Super Bowl's around 16. You're going to cash in on like 18 million viewers. I mean, Floyd will come up. On free TV. Crazy amounts of money. That's the only way I want to see him fight Pacquiao again. Do it for free. Make it like a true throwback fight. All everyone's watching. Yeah. Go out that way. Get Hublot to sponsor it. Yeah. Hublot will be in there. Like anybody who hasn't hasn't come into Vegas, there's this big-ass sign of Floyd Mayweather. And it's like an old stock photo. It's not even like a new photo. And it's like a Hublot watch. And it's like Hublot, Floyd Mayweather. Like, like they're supposed to be together. We Listen. can't afford neither of them. So it's like, <laughs> it is what Floyd it is. ain't making me buy no watch, no jewelry. Nah, unless he buys it for me. Yeah, nah, I, we need to get that. He just got plenty. He got plenty of dough, man. Yeah. Floyd, if you're listening to this podcast for some odd reason and you're a fan of us, we are looking for a sponsor. You and Hublot, we got you. Yeah. We'll take a watch each. Give you some some time. We'll shout you guys out. When we come back, though, let's talk wrestling. Yeah, we got to talk about Before we got to get out of here, right? It's been a great day at the MGM pool here at Wet Republic. Uh, I've been a little bit distracted, and it's only going to get worse as the day goes on. Yeah, Kel's got them wandering eyes. Hey, there's some talent out here. I'm not going to lie to you guys. 
Stay Not tuned. Him, we're talking <laughs> about wrestling. This is usually where the sponsors would go, but since we're sponsored by you, the people, we wanted to make sure you knew about our special UFC 189 episode on YouTube. It's the Corner Podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Search for us. Subscribe to us. We're going to turn that into our little WWE Network style joint, so we'll be giving you exclusive content on there all the time. For you diehard fans, the ones that want to hear our predictions, our smart yard results, our technical speak and all that, so we can give you all these great results. So tune in so you don't have to hear all the everything else that we're talking about. It's just focus on UFC 189 and TUF finale. Stay with us, folks. All right, all right. Welcome back. It's been a crazy show so far. Yeah, and it's hot. day. It's hot. The pool. pool. At least it's not like 113. It could be worse. We got misters. Yeah. So that feels nice. We're down here chilling. Uh, the pool should get packed here soon. It's still a little early. But I see some people rolling in. Yeah, you the, do. The music gets louder. The clothes get less and less. It's not bad. No, it's not a the bad The food is smelling guy. good. And we're about to get out of here. But we can't leave until we talk wrestling. We've been saying we're going to talk wrestling. Yeah, man. we got to talk wrestling. And usually we start with WWE, but not this show. No, we got to start with New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion pay-per-view, which was this weekend. I can't even start with Beast in the East because... I was all about New Japan this weekend. So yeah, yeah. Kel, you're kind of new to this whole New Japan thing. So yes. give us your take on the show and what happened. I thought it was a good show. Um, it's not as good as some of the other shows. You know, I went back and watched recently from the past, like, two years. I crammed about, like, two years worth of stuff in, like, two okay. weeks when you guys put me up on it. So it was great. But there was some surprises. Uh, some people just don't disappoint. AJ Styles really hasn't disappointed me no, yet. That was amazing. Uh, another good fight. Um, even though, you know, his match... I thought he was going to win the match. So I was surprised. Who, Nakamura? Yeah. Nah, they're priming for a title run. That's why he lost to Goto. He had to lose. He's moving from the Intercontinental picture, and he's moving up to the title picture. Expect him to win the G1 Climax Tournament this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, Nakamura, I don't mind him. I Probably for his, like the New Japan guys, like strictly like Japanese dudes, he's probably my favorite. Oh, yeah. He's and I think charisma. he's a character that can transition if need be. Even yeah. looking back at, like, you know, Atami or, you know, Hideo. Hideo Atami. Uh, yeah. Kenta. But you know, personality is not there. It's, it's not even comparable. No. So, it's – I'd like that. You know, I'd, he's getting mixed in more with ROH, it yeah. seems like, and doing more U.S., you know, dates, which is great. Yep. Uh, I think he's been added to the ROH card out here this week. Has he? Yes. Um, well, shit, goddamn! I'm gonna be there if, he, if Nakamura is there. Yeah, Nakamura is there. Uh, he's fighting the ex champ. I think I just looked. Oh, it that's up. Roderick Strong. No, they're fighting the final battle in New York. Oh shit! Yeah, unfortunately, All right. Nakamura and Roderick Strong. But so yeah. I thought he was gonna be out here. Nakamura is dope. So you know, I enjoyed that match. Great match. Uh, I told, I was, we were talking before off air. My favorite match: Young Bucks. They win. Anytime I get to see Red Dragon lose, I'm a happy guy. They never take the pinfall. New Japan Look, is protecting Red Dragon. <laughs> I just want them to lose and not win. Uh, very big Young Bucks fan since, uh, you know, you, Ryan, everyone just kind of opened my eyes to him. I want to see him in the WWE. Seems like it's never a, a dream that's never going to happen. Nope. But they are the Rockers reincarnated. It is great. Put on great shows. So it was great to see them win. That was my favorite match of the night, even over the AJ Styles match. I mean, AJ Styles and Okada was, I thought, was amazing. The finish was great. The finish, I mean, dude, the Rainmaker, he had to eat two Rainmakers, the Styles Class, the reversals. That was great. I was pleasantly surprised by the Shibata and Sakuraba match. Sakuraba's like a thousand years old. And it was like an <laughs> MMA-style match. And it could have went one of two ways, a really boring grappling match. It could be really stiff. And 
you know, Shibata with the penalty kick at the end and the rear naked chokes and, you know, it's like the student beating the teacher. That was a great match. It was the, too technical for me. Is that bad? Yeah, that's bad because that was like, a great match. Like, it's too technical. Like. I love that match. The uh, <sighs> Kenny Omega-Kushida match was great. That was good. Uh, Kushida's finally getting his push, splitting away from time splitters. He's now the junior division champion. Um, it kind of sucks because the G1 Climax tournament is getting ready to start. And I would love to see Kyle O'Reilly, Kushida, and Kenny Omega in there. But since they're in the junior division, they don't get to be in the, in the tournament, which is kind of weak. Oh, is that how it works? Apparently, because there's no reason why those guys shouldn't be in there just for entertainment. Michael Elgin's in the damn G1 Climax tournament. So yeah. Doc Gallows is in there. Well, Doc um, Gallows had a pretty good match. Um, I mean, I didn't mind that match. I'm so tired of the, the Kingdom. The Bullet Club and the Kingdom. It, and that shit was just, it was a very WWE style match with yeah. the distractions. I'm I tired of the Kingdom it. myself. Yeah. I, that's one thing I've noticed. Like, I could do without the Kingdom now. No, it's all about Maria. It's like all a vehicle for Maria to, yeah, to like get a I, shine. I'm, I'm done with it. Uh, ROH wise, New Japan. Like, I'm, I'm good, man. Just break them up, let them ride. Nah, but Dominion as, as, a, as a whole was a great pay per view for any of our listeners. Who are strictly WWE fans, you guys need to watch more indie wrestling. You guys definitely need to watch New Japan. Reason being is because the new NXT champ came from New Japan. Yeah. Finn Balor, or back then known as Prince Devitt. I mean, the style of wrestling that these guys come from. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these guys end up in WWE sooner than later. Yeah, and I just don't know how they're going to use them character-wise. Like I said, Nakamura, I think he can do it. I mean, Nakamura's got charisma. I think he can do it. Yeah, like... You can bring that exact character over. He's like Michael Jackson extension. Yeah, and, and it translates. You don't even need to speak English. No, not at all. If he doesn't speak English, the better. Yeah. Like, he could be, what's the dude, the Gundam style. Like, he could be that dude wrestling style. Like, people would hate him. Yeah. They would hate that Gundam style song at that point. But it was the biggest shit ever. Yep. He could be, like, a K-pop type, like, star. Like, that translates so well. And he can wrestle. Nakamura can go. It's it's amazing. He's definitely my favorite from over there. And it's crazy, like I said, to see him lose. I, I just don't expect to see him lose. <laughs> I mean, you know, he lost to Goto before, so it's a transition period. They got to move him on from the IC strap. You know, he's probably the most popular wrestler out there with Okada getting the title back. There's going to be a program between those two. They had a hell of a match last year, the finals of G1 Climax. Um, I think Meltzer might have gave it five stars. I can't remember. But last year's G1 Climax was crazy. You're a huge Okada fan, I take it then? I love the Rainmaker. The dude's like, he's a, a big Asian dude. Like, he's a big muscular Asian guy who's athletic. He's in a similar, like, I would love to see him in the WWE because he, he, he's not small. Yeah. And he can go and he can wrestle. Him versus Owens would be great. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that he could really go against. Him versus Reigns would be a good match at this point. Yeah. I mean... Okada, he was in TNA for like a hot second. But TNA fucks up everything, so yeah, it didn't work out. I mean, the Young Bucks were in TNA as Generation Me, and that was I couldn't stand watching them in TNA. <laughs> I just hated. I just don't like TNA. Um, but and WWE, we'll, we'll see how much they they really want to blend the indies, because that's the next step. Because I mean, right now NXT is an indie. You know, here's for the all funny, purposes. The, the they're funny traveling thing. everything. They're an indie. NXT is supposed to be developmental tour, territory. They're not developing shit. They're no. just nourishing talents that have come from the indies. Everybody that's come over has already been established. Yeah. I mean, last night on NXT, uh, Sammy Callahan, uh, I forgot what the hell they call him in NXT, but you look at all these guys that you've seen on the indie circuit for years, you're like, so who are they developing? Where are the new stars at? Sooner or later, going to bite them in the ass. Well, they don't develop the wrestling skills. That's what it's transitioned they, they, from. They, they, they develop their characters. Exactly. 
And that's that's really what these guys need, though. So I'm not mad at it. No. They're developing characters because they can wrestle. They don't got to teach them shit wrestling-wise. We love your style. Look, look at Rollins. Look at all these. That style is amazing. Look at Sami Zayn. Look at every, yeah. Finn. It's a great style of wrestling. It comes off great when you have big productions and they have all the, I guess, resources in the world. Yep. So ladder matches, Hell in a Cell, all this it was made for guys like this. Yeah. It wasn't oh yeah. made for big clunkers like they had before. No. Uh, you know, all respect to Triple H and Undertaker and everyone. That shit wasn't made for them. It's made for these guys. These guys just never had the budget. Yeah. So now the WWE is like, cool, let's put these crazy ass guys who've been jumping into crowds and jumping through eight tables and shit in gymnasiums and give them a real budget and say, here, have some toys, go have fun. Yeah. But you have to have characters behind it. So yep. they just developed the characters, and, and I like it, and that's what NXT is doing. Like, all respect, Prince Devitt was big. He was huge. He's not Finn Balor. No. So this character is way beyond anything else. They refined it. They said, you know what? You don't have to be the Joker. You don't have to be Freddy Krueger. You're not, you can be you. We'll give you one body paint, one character, switch it up a little bit. This is you now, and we're branding you. And they took it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Owens, you know, you can you can make huge stars off of what they have by refining it. And that's all they want to do. Sami Zayn is the only one they messed up on. I mean, they haven't even really messed up on him because I, I guarantee you Generico's got to be coming sooner than later. Oh, if they bring out Generico, then they win. Got to be coming sooner than later. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, Uha Nation should be making his debut soon on NXT. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a few more guys Kenta's coming, coming back. Uh, Tommy is coming yeah. back. Tommy will be back, and I, I'm figuring that we'll probably get the, the uh, Finn Balor heel turn. Um, somebody's got to go heel. There's too many damn faces in NXT. Yeah. Uh, since Owens is leaving, which leads me to try to figure out what is going on with Kevin Owens. I believe Samoa Joe will go heel before anyone. Just because Vince's mindset, if you're big, you're a heel. Yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. I, I, I don't think Samoa Joe has to be a heel. And Balor's just so over right now. Yeah, I, I think Samoa Joe hunting Finn Balor, so to say. So if Finn can develop some type of Balor club like off of the Bullet Club and throw people at Samoa Joe that Samoa Joe's just wrecking every week on NXT to get to Finn and you get the kill Joe kill chance and shit like that and he's hunting Finn Balor that'd be amazing well that, that makes Joe the face then because you know throwing your henchman is like such a heel move <laughs> it is a heel <laughs> it's not it's not a face move you know oh shit yeah it's hard to go like Balor Club, we're I think we're a long way away from seeing Balor Club right now because we don't have the type of talent that could fill it out. No, you know. Um, but if they bring in an AJ Styles or they're they're gonna have to bury some people, right? Yo, if someone's the w- getting buried. Listen, if the WWE does not make a run at AJ Styles when his new Japan contract is up, they are fucking idiots. I think it's just like foregone, right? It's like they haven't wanted them before. No, but you you have to see now. They didn't want. Any of the, they didn't want to acknowledge the indies before. Dude. But now your eyes are open. AJ Styles is like a wrestling god And right he's now. past his prime. Huh? Yeah. He's past yeah, the... I mean, he's been doing this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's, he's past he's his, his WWE chicken. prime. Like, you know, they like getting these guys and building them up from the beginning. Yeah, he's established. That New Japan run has been the best thing that's ever happened to AJ Styles. Yeah, way better now. I didn't like AJ Styles before. I loved him in TNA, but... You did? I didn't like TNA AJ Styles. They, they, I like this AJ Styles. Okay, let me rephrase it. Early TNA AJ Styles when he was feuding with Samoa Joe before they ruined the, the X Division and all that crap. AJ Styles has been reborn with that the new haircut and yeah. just the, the Bullet Club. and He's been phenomenal. The phenomenal AJ Styles. So it's like if the WWE does not make a run at him, 
they are stupid. Styles to me, especially his character now and just how he's like everything's evolved, he's a lot like Dean Ambrose to me. Where he can be that wild card. He doesn't have to be a face. He doesn't have to be a heel. Just has to be him. And yeah. just put him out there. That dude can that's go. It. And that's what I think they do with Dean Ambrose right now. Like, you know, he's just crazy. Fuck it. Whatever you guys want him to be, he is. Yeah, and we'll he's a face today, heel tomorrow, depending on who's he going against. They're going to have to make a run at him. So, Beast from the East was also Beast from the East was this weekend. Yes. Watch Kofi Kingston get killed along with the... Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. New Day. Yo, they just had Brock Lesnar kill three black guys on television. <laughs> and we all loved it. Yeah, we, we all was hollering. Look, first of all, I stayed up. I stayed up and watched this. I woke up and watched it. It was 5.30 in Puerto Rico for me. I'm on vacation and I watched it. Yo, I watched it uh, with my wrestle rap crew. Like We was on group me hollering. Kofi's dead. Just, just He just got killed. <laughs> um, the event as a whole was great. I still don't understand why the Balor Owens wasn't the main event. I know it's seen as your star, but the tag match didn't even make sense from a storyline perspective. Why not have Finn Balor, who's coming back home, to win the title, which everybody pretty much knew. Yeah. Why didn't that main event? I don't understand. And then, and then on top and of they that, they had was, the streamers. They had everything. It was a huge celebration. Yo, Kevin Owens throwing the flowers out the ring. Oh. He's such a douchebag. They like, shake hands after. They wrestled like a WWE style match, but with sprinkles of indie elements. Like the ring looked very indie. Yeah. The streamers are very no. indie. Michael Cole made a reference to Dragon Gate. Like when you make a like I don't know who greenlit that. Like, <laughs> usually. The, WWE's done a great job of recognizing that other federations exist. Like, they didn't do that before. They would not recognize another organization. It would be a brand new guy that came off the street, even though he wrestled 30 years somewhere else. Like, when Daniel Bryan came in, when he was Brian Danielson yeah. in ROH, they was like, we don't know who this guy is. He's going to be working with The Miz, and everybody was pissed. Now they're, like, recognizing. When they showed the Finn Balor documentary, they recognized he came from New Japan. Oh, yeah. It was they a showed huge the part. two sweet from the Bullet Club. Yeah. Like. They get it, but as a whole, it was a good show. I just didn't understand the tag match at the end. I thought it was so stupid. Well, I mean, the build-up to it, one, you want to just capture people early. So there wasn't, like, you know, uh, the Divas match kicked it off. Everyone's like, ah, whatever. And after that, it was just all just a climb-up. So it was like, cool. And then you have Cena and everyone at the end. But you just go off the air with Balor. It's just like, oh, what now? So And you can't put, what, Cena going to be a mid-card guy? Yes. Cena's not a mid card guy. In New Japan, look, that that match was the equivalent of the song the DJ plays to get everybody the fuck out of the club after two or three a.m. Yeah, it was like the walkout music. Has some, has a purpose. Yeah, it has a purpose to make you go home. Nah. <laughs> look, the crowd was hot. The thing about New Japan, the crowd was hot the entire night. Mm -hmm. So that match went over a lot better than it would have if it was in like Anaheim. And or it was Finn's sort. best match so far, I think. Oh, I'm talking about the tag match. Oh, the tag match, yeah. I'm talking about the crowd was hot for the tag match, and that's the reason why it didn't play out as bad as I thought it was going to play out. So it was fun, but, yeah, um, Finn Balor, is, he's NXT champ. Now we're going to see. We can see how he can handle being a champ, seeing how he can talk, seeing if he can carry a feud, because Owens was carrying everything. Well, before. Owens is still carrying everything, and that's why I'm curious where they go with this, because SummerSlam's not too far away, and they're going to do an NXT special. That weekend. Yeah. So does Owens wrestle in both events? Does he wrestle Cena in the blow-off match? And does he wrestle in a triple threat with Joe and Balor? No. Owens is, I mean. Well, yeah, Owens, Owens, Owens is done at NXT. I, I, Main roster I all the I way. I want to see that. I want to see him, I want to see him in a triple threat. Because his feud with Joe hasn't culminated into anything. Yeah. It's still lingering. When his feud with Cena is about to end. So if he loses to Cena, let's just say he does and doesn't get the United States title. 
Where does he go? The only feud I want to see him is against Samoa Joe. Well, I think he he beat Cena first off. He I should. Think. Yeah. Should be I the think US he champ. beat Cena. Um, and oddly enough, the only way I can think of making this all make sense in the long run is if you have Finn as NXT champ, you say, Samoa Joe, you don't need the belt because we're bringing you up so damn fast anyway. And you bring back Sami Zayn, and they all go after Owens at the main roster, like together. So then Owens has nobody. Then, no, yeah, then you just have a new roster of talent. Uha Nation runs everything. That's it? Do you mind? I don't know. It's I mean, they, they still have Baron Corbin, who's going to be there for a million Baron years. Sucks. I just they have like the computer nerd kid. Yeah, it's just a Sammy Callan. I don't care about that. Yeah, either. so, I mean, someone's got to take over. Oha Nation, you run this. And you bring in, you sign someone else. Yeah, you got to. They should have made and it run it. at Austin Aries. They should have made it run at James Storm. Somebody who just got dropped from TNA. Yeah, and they'll, they're in no rush. They'll be fine. And NXT will, you know, just calm down and be a an indie promotion. You know, the thing... The, the craziest thing that I'm about to say is I kind of don't want to see Cena lose the title. Because you this, like the challenge. This challenge, the match with Cesaro on Raw, 30 minutes of amazing wrestling. And which I was like, this is closing the show? Because they started it like late. Yeah, I was like, And yo. I was like, yo, there's 30 minutes left. I was like, so Brock's coming back out, right? Nah. These, and these, they just they just, they just went. How is Cesaro not factoring into this either? Cesaro versus Owens versus Cena, SummerSlam? That wouldn't be bad. I, I think I thought that should be the battleground match. I think you come out on Monday and say, you know, triple threat battleground. And then blow it off at SummerSlam with and Owens then, and Cena. Yeah. Well, that means that means Cesaro loses. I don't want Cesaro to lose. Cesaro's going to lose. Of course and he is. And Cena's going to beat Cesaro and pin him. So that way, Owens doesn't look weak. Okay, and then I'm you still get Owens versus Cena again at SummerSlam, and Owens can beat Cena. Because you can only have Owens lose so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Owens can't really lose that much. He's too hot right now. Yeah, and you can't have him lose at Battleground one-on-one with Cena. So why not nah. have Cesaro go? Now, speaking of Battleground, it's, um, this Reigns-Lesnar thing is still not making any sense to me. I can't figure out how... how Rollins-Lesnar? I mean, Rollins. Okay, I was about to say Reigns. Yeah, yeah, no. Reigns, I'm, I'm, I'm Freudian slip because I'm thinking about Reigns and Wyatt and how good their program has been. Amazing. I, but, I hope um, it doesn't end anytime it soon. It shouldn't. But Rollins and Lesnar is, is making less and less sense to me by the minute because I can't figure out how Rollins is going to escape this with the title. He's got he can't lose the title at this middling pay per view. He could. And he shouldn't because then that means he should regain it at SummerSlam. I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to put the the belt on Lesnar unless he's going to be seen on television more. Rollins has been a great champ. Yeah. But all signs point to Lesnar killing him, like. Murdering Seth Rollins at Battleground. If you go by how everything's been going between how, speaking of which, before I change, and I know I think I know exactly what's gonna happen, and you're gonna hate it. But go ahead. Wait, the kid that got hit by the car door. Yo, he's not suing or anything. He's very happy to get hit they by gave this him car a lot door. Of merch. <laughs> like I wish I could punch a kid in the face and just give him a lot of podcast merch. But like, here you go, a bunch of corner stickers. You're a fine. Goddamn it, Kel T-shirt. Yeah, I got a goddamn it, Kel T-shirt. But Lesnar hurled a car door. Into the crowd. Yes. It was a TV monitor last time. Without, <laughs> with reckless abandon. Yo, Lesnar doesn't give a fuck. None. None at all. Yeah. And he's a beast. Like, Did he apologize to the kid? No, he didn't apologize to the kid. He probably would spit on him. No, they said, no he would have laughed at him. They said the execs down. Like, oh, please don't sue us. Have all this merch. 
Yo, watching Lesnar destroy people is like the greatest thing. It is. And the way it goes is Seth has to do some like dirty, underhanded shit at Battleground. And if you want to give Lesnar a title, fine. Just give it to him at SummerSlam if Seth's going to lose it. At Battleground, Lesnar's going to take out JJ Security, Kane. Well, they're, they're out indefinitely. I mean, All you right. take a German suplex on the front windshield, I'd be out indefinitely too. Very true. Another one already has broken ribs. Yeah. So you have that coming into it, and it's like Rollins, okay. I think for this one, money in the bank is cashed in. Sheamus is the new authority. Sheamus. Not just runs in. Lesnar, F5s, Sheamus, all this stuff. Rollins hits Lesnar, dirty hand or something, chair or something, pin Sheamus, retains the title, walks out. Sheamus cashes in, and now you have Rollins beating Sheamus at Battleground. Lesnar still doesn't get pinned. He is pissed, and they got to do it again at SummerSlam. I actually like that idea. Because why else give Sheamus the money in the bank? He's just going to waste that shit, right? Waste it and make Rollins look strong, and he pins another person. I mean, it it makes a lot of sense, actually. The more I think about it, there's just no way I can see Brock Lesnar getting pinned. So, yeah. Sheamus runs in, thinks he has it, goes for a broke kick. Rollins pedigrees him. Yeah, if he broke kicks Brock just out of the ring, yeah, <laughs> Rollins and comes in, quick pedigree, steals the belt. And runs. Runs. Hauls ass. Yep. I like it. Sheamus did his job. All right, I can go for Money it. in the bank done. All the hoopla is gone. You're good. I guess I, I could go with that. That's it. Look it. They need to hire us. We need to write. Yeah, but right yeah. now, we really need to write because it's our jobs. We need to go upstairs. Yeah, we got work to do. Because we got work to do. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Remember, tune into our YouTube page. We will have our special UFC 189 preview episode on there. We'll also try to do a recap for you. We will because we're going to be around on Sunday yeah. doing stuff. So we'll have a we're, recap We're doing Ultimate Fighter on Sunday. Yeah. So we're so going to have tons week. of stuff. We'll have tons of special edition videos up on the YouTube Make sure you guys go to that. Subscribe. Follow us on there. Follow us on Twitter at the Corner LSN. Uh, my personal Twitter at Kel Dansby. Yeah, and I'm at Andreas If you ain't following me by now, I shit, dude, you guys know the deal. Thank you guys for the support. Yeah. We have a big weekend for you guys, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We're out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.